Hi, this is Nicole Danbro from Groupers, The Axiom, and Walk with Grace, and you're listening to Hollywood and Beyond. Hi, this is Steven. I once trained and worked as an actor in Hollywood. Today, I host Hollywood and Beyond podcast here in my hometown of Cincinnati, where I strive to bring you meaningful interviews. I hope you will enjoy my podcast. Thanks for listening. Receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham. Delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Hello, friends and listeners. Stephen Brittingham here. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Very much appreciated. Hey, be sure to leave a rating or review over on Apple Podcasts or Podbean. For those of you that take the time to do so, I thank you. My guest today is a talented actress and a super fun and interesting person to go along with that. She appeared on episode number one of season two here on Hollywood and Beyond. So she helped kick off my season, and so many wonderful things have happened since then. So I'd have to say that perhaps she had a lot to do with that, and I'm so excited to be having her back on the show today. Her name is Nicole Dambro. Many of you might know her as the lead actress in the film Groupers, and she gave an outstanding performance in that film. And if you'd like to learn more about Groupers and Nicole's background and artistic journey, like I mentioned, the episode is available to listen. Episode 1, Season 2, here on Hollywood and Beyond. Well, she will be sharing her experience today of being quarantined in Los Angeles. And she has been dealing with this uh, health situation that we all have been dealing with for quite some time now of COVID-19, and likewise, she will be sharing her thoughts and suggestions on how actors can stay sharp during this time as well, because it's obviously very challenging for actors at this time. It is my honor and pleasure to welcome her back to the show. Nicole Danbro. welcome back to Hollywood and Beyond. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me back, Stephen. I appreciate it. Most welcome. Thank you for joining me again today. This also gives me a chance, Nicole, to say thanks for that wonderful visit when you were here um, earlier in the season here on Hollywood and Beyond. So thank you for that. Yeah, it was my pleasure. We had a good shot, didn't we? We sure did. <laughs> had a yeah. great time. And I learned so much about you and and I continue to learn things about you. You have a wonderful Instagram page and I encourage people to check Thank it you. out afterwards as well. Well, let's see here. As mentioned, you're here to talk about a couple of topics in particular. So, Nicole, I thought I would start uh, just to kind of go back a little bit. When all of this was really starting to take shape and we kind of all realized that, okay, this is not the normal or usual 
scenario that we're all dealing with here. You know, I had a day where it just kind of hit me all of a sudden. I, I remember mm-hmm. I was home and I went, you know what? This is really spreading everywhere. Uh, uh, and uh, I just felt so concerned and apprehensive at that moment. Just, you know, the fear of the unknown and, you know, what are we dealing with? And then shortly after that, that's when the businesses started to close. So was there a moment mm-hmm. in time for you where maybe it was kind of hitting home for you as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, everything kind of flipped a switch. Uh, I went from being at work and people deliberately coming up to me and hugging me when I would like offer an elbow, um, you know, halfway serious to kind of gauge how they were taking the news about COVID-19. I mean, it went literally from a day of, of going to work and people being so casual and making fun of the situation to the next day finding out that I wasn't going to be going to work. Um, It was very weird. And when it happened, I was just kind of in shock. And, you know, afterwards, the panic of going to the grocery stores, I I thought the toilet paper thing was a joke. It was a joke until I ran out of toilet paper. (laughs) Right. Then it wasn't so funny anymore. (laughs) Then it wasn't so funny anymore. But luckily, I've got great friends and great neighbors, so... That's good. Uh, that's another thing. It's just been a wonderful way to see how the community has come together and in support of each other during this time to help out. And it's nice to see how how much people are willing to help out. I have friends who are posting like, "If you're elderly, I would love to go grocery shopping for you." And and I have um, friends who have offered me help because I am immuno uh, suppressed. I have some intestinal issues. I'm also hyperanemic. So I have to be especially careful during this time because my body already doesn't carry enough oxygen to my blood cells. So yeah, (laughs) it's just been nice to see how everybody's in support of each other during this time. It sure has. Do you feel that way? I do feel that way. I've noticed people uh, going the extra mile to be there for people, um, more courtesy, more maybe um, acknowledgement of strangers. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, if I'm on a walk and I see folks I don't know, I'll just wave at them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so those kind of things, those little things that do add up. So, yes, I've noticed that. And the grocery store, yes. Oh, my goodness, Nicole. That was also maybe the double whammy right there. When I actually went yeah. to the grocery store for the first time, I saw abandoned shopping carts that was in the back of the store full of items. And some of this was the kind of items that needed to be refrigerated or frozen to stay fresh. People gave up. The lines were that long. And I would say that maybe 25% of the store was already empty. And on my second Mm -hmm. visit in three days, I would say it was well, well around like 50%. And it was just really oh, yeah. starting to, to sink in. So you're right. Until you went to the grocery store, you might have thought that was an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was definitely the grocery store where it kind of smacked me in the face like, oh, okay, this is kind of crazy. For sure. And, and seeing everybody around Los Angeles right now, I, I try to go for daily walks at least. Um, and seeing everybody wearing a mask is, kind of crazy and then uh, seeing the way they panic when you're supposed to 
cross on the sidewalk. Like, what am yes. I supposed to do? And like, somebody goes into the street and it's very weird, but we'll all get through it together. It's just going to be definitely a new normal, which is why I wanted to talk to you. And I'm glad to have you here because you're a bright and yeah. intelligent lady. So Thank you. I couldn't ask for a better person. Well, let's see here. How have you been uh, coping with things and, and now uh, um, that we are well into this for some time? Well, I think like a lot of people, I shut down at first. I was kind of in shock. I didn't know what to do. I was panicking about my income. I was panicking about the future of my job. I was really panicking about the future of the entertainment industry. Um, nothing like this has really ever happened. So and the implications of, of COVID-19 are going to go on for a while, especially as we move forward in producing content, um, everything from, you know, commercials to feature films, independent films, everything's going to be affected and we're all going to have to adjust. But, um, I, you know, speaking of the community coming together, what I've really found helpful is a lot of casting directors and agents and other actors are coming up with social media challenges and uh, self-tape challenges and sub submissions that projects that you could do on your own to stay creative and stay sharp. So that's definitely something that's really helped me out during this time. And it's something that I, you know, when we talked about having a chat again, that I really wanted to emphasize that there are things that can be done and there are things that you can do to prepare for the future of the entertainment industry if you're an actor. Well, please share that with us at this time. Yeah. So, um, first of all, before I even get into this, I just think it's really, really important to say that if, if you're an actor at the time and you feel like you can't participate, like you just don't have the motivation to participate in any of these challenges or you, you feel like it's so much energy for, you know, the odds of getting noticed or whatever. If it's just all super overwhelming and you just want to crawl up in a hole and not do anything, you are entitled to doing that. That is a perfectly healthy and okay choice. You shouldn't feel pressured to perform at this time because this is an unprecedented situation that we're going through and it's highly emotional and everybody's reacting to it differently. So if, you know, there's a, there's a, a tweet that went viral that said, if you don't come out of this stronger, more productive and more prepared than you were never going to be successful in the first place, something like that, that's not exact. And that's, that puts, so much pressure on people and the truth is it's really distressing mentally if you're not feeling that way. So before I get into all this, I just, if you are feeling that way, I just want to recognize that. I want to let you know that that's normal. That's okay. You're not less of an actor or less of a performer or going to be less of a success just because you don't feel like doing this stuff at this time. Well so. said. Thank you, Nicole. I, I completely agree with yeah. you because why would feeling anxiety be a benefit right now? If, you know, if you're going to put mm -hmm. that, if you feel like you need to just take some space and, and just kind of try to get through this in a different way, that is also an option. So thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, today I feel like that. There's a challenge that's due at 7 p.m. today, and I'm just not 
feeling like I'm going to be able to commit to it. I just wasn't in the right headspace to do it. And I have to forgive myself for that. You know, we all are going to be going through that. Absolutely. with that being said, I also have found that participating in these challenges uh, has helped me feel so much better afterwards. Just feeling the sense of accomplishment afterwards, um, knowing that you flexed a creative muscle. Uh, I've actually shown myself that I can do better than I thought I could. For example, um, there's, there's original monologue challenges that have been um, that have been going out. So, and I'm finding all of these on Instagram for the most part, Instagram and Twitter. If you just follow casting directors and then you'll just start seeing them because, um, they're sharing like other casting directors challenges and stuff. Uh, but that's been like a, a really nice exercise, to mu- uh, a nice muscle to exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, Eric Brame did a mono log challenge or a, Oh, challenge where you have to start the monologue with, oh, it's you or, oh, sorry. And it, that one was like a minute long. And then there was another monologue challenge that I did recently uh, from Kara Shoot Rosenbaum. And it was where you could choose a monologue from a gender opposite of your own. So like if you're a woman who really wanted to play a, a part of a male, then you can use one of their monologues. Or if she used a great example, if you're a guy who always thought that he could kill an Olivia Pope monologue, then you could do that. So that was really fun, too. So these are kind of -of out-of-the-box monologue challenges that are super fun. Excellent ideas and suggestions. And and you're right. I've had moments where, you know what, maybe I... I felt like, well, you know, I don't know if I can really accomplish all that I wanted to today. And and like mm-hmm. you mentioned so well, you know, it's okay to just say, okay, I need to do some other things today. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, and yes, uh, that th- that is an excellent idea. Casting is still going on, isn't it, Nicole? I mean, they're doing it from their home offices. Um, I've mm-hmm. had other actors tell me that they're even submitting aud- auditions right now. Yes. So I've, I've been attending a lot of SAG Foundation uh, conversations with casting directors and also watching a lot of the Instagram lives that casting has been doing. And it seems like many of them are still looking at actors as uh, for prospective call-ins when the auditions do start again uh, because they are still in the development process of, of casting shows. So you know, doing these things and staying sharp during this time is going to only help you as soon as they open that back up. Um, And, you know, something that's really important at this time that we talked about was making sure that you have your self-tape abilities sharp as you can get them. Um, Mm -hmm. Making sure you have the right equipment, making sure that you have a, a background that's not distracting that's the right color that doesn't have a texture on it um, and making sure that you have sound capabilities. Like if your room is really bouncy, then you want to make sure that you invest in a log mic. You could buy ones that plug into your phone. It's super easy. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's now is that time it's, you know, time to check, you know, are your eye lines correct Um, and check 
I, it's it's just a great time to to make sure that those skills are as good as you could get because you could guarantee all the other actors are on it. You know, yes. one thing that I've learned from listening to all these lives from casting directors all over the country is that it doesn't seem to matter anymore where you're located. You don't have to be in a major market to book, an, you know, a, a network television show. A lot of stuff is being booked off self-tapes. And I think because of all these submission contests and stuff that are going on right now, uh, casting directors are seeing that they can see more talent than ever in high quality. And there's a possibility that first round auditions might go away altogether. Because That's very why would exciting. they not? And it is, it's extremely exciting if you live in a smaller market. Um, it's going to present a huge challenge for everybody to really step up on their self uh, tape game. Yes. I mean, that's, that's a lot of, uh, I'm listening to you right now and that has my blood flowing. Yes. So, I mean, I talked to you about uh, my lighting setup. I have a three piece lighting setup. It's the soft boxes. It comes with light bulbs. Um, so it hits you from side side and then kind of overhead. So you don't get any shadows. Uh, so that means you can film an audition at any time during the day or night. Super helpful, especially for those last minute auditions. I got it on Amazon, less than $90. It sounds like a lot of money, but, you know, you make the investment and the first job that you book, it's going to pay for itself. And uh, also, I invested in a six-foot pop-out background. I have a gray wall in my house, but I really like the option of having one side blue, kind of like uh, in a lot of commercial casting offices. And then the other side is gray, so it flips and it folds up like a windshield protector in your car. So it's super light, it's portable, you could take it in your car and bring it to your friend's house. Uh, you could take it when you travel so that you have background in case you get any auditions. It's one of the better things that I've bought for <laughs> sure. And then you're going to want to make sure that you have a tripod. Um, there, you could get one. My favorite one is $15 and it's from Walmart and it comes with a Bluetooth remote. So you could take still photographs with the press of a button. And you've been assisting me with these yeah. same items. And I just want to say thank you. I'm going to be purchasing them soon. And you really helped me out with your suggestions. So thank you so much. Yeah, you know, what might be a good idea is maybe I could send you all the links to exactly what I use for my self-tapes, and we can include it in the description for the podcast. Sounds wonderful. Yeah, that might be helpful. Oh, and I forgot to add in, I also use a lavalier mic, which I bought for less than $30 on Amazon. It's one okay. you just clip it to your shirt, and it comes with a little fuzzy, like, protector so you don't get all the pops and, and breath noises when you're recording. Yes. So it's really nice to invest in that too. And it comes with a super long cord and then you just plug it into your phone. You don't have to, re you know, record separate audio from your video. Well, I'm all for that. Uh, I mean, I do use a, a pop filter for, you know, my show, but when I first started, yes. I actually did not have one. I had an entirely mm. different microphone and what I learned was that sometimes things would go great and sometimes they wouldn't. So I quickly mm -hmm. moved on to, uh, you know, a different type of microphone. But, yeah, that can make a big difference with audio. So I'm glad you brought that up.
Exactly. And then another thing to think about when it comes to self-tapes, especially during quarantine right now, because they don't, people uh, casting at everybody doesn't want you to feel pressured to get a reader, but having a reader in a scene is absolutely essential. Recording the lines and having them play back for you is going to just give you really sterile performance and mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to connect at all. And being in the moment, being connected is the most important aspect of an audition. You have to be alive. The entire point of an audition. Uh, so if you're unable to find a reader, I actually found a website that you can hire a reader and they're all actors and they provide their headshot and their resumes And they set their own prices per hour. So there are some that charge like $10 per hour. And then there are like, there are some actors on there that are, you know, series regulars and stuff that'll read with you. And having somebody with that kind of experience who can kind of coach you through your audition might be something that you find really valuable, you know? And then you just, uh, I'm going to find the name of the website. Well, thank you, Nicole. And I'd like to get your opinion on something involving readers. So Mm -hmm. let's say there's just someone that just, you know, uh, doesn't have any experience with having a reader, but they have uh, some material to submit and it does require having another person. So is this something that is done, you record your audition with that reader there live, you know, online, of course, um, or, you know, especially these days, or is this something where they can add the voice later if they're able to do so? Oh, no. So the way that I would do it is I would put, put my computer facing me okay. uh, somewhere up by the eyeline of the phone. So for me, I like to do my eyeline directly opposite of the, um, I like to do my eyeline opposite of the lens. So that it doesn't accidentally look like I'm looking into camera. So if you just do the eyeline right at the other side of your phone right there, and you put the computer there, uh, and then you have the person give you the lines, and that way you can look them in the face. I it's, see. it's kind of a Zoom type situation. And are you, you sitting down friends. at this time? I'm sitting down. At, oh, am okay. I sitting down in the audition? In the audition, or do you stand? It, de- it depends. You know, if I'm in an interrogation room, I'm sitting down. If I'm actively in a scene, I'm standing up. It's just whatever, you know, you're doing. You might have to stack some books and stuff to get the eyeline right. But, you know, we're also in a quarantine and they're going to be more forgiving for sure. And may I ask you any suggestions on, you know, how close should the shot be of you? I mean, I assume not too far away, obviously. That's common sense. But uh, what about maybe too close? Oh, you don't want to cut off the top of your head. Gotcha. That's for sure. Uh, but you actually, you want, to, you want to get it somewhere from right below the chest, like diaphragm level, and okay. give yourself some space at the top of your head. But then also, you know, if there's any movement, in the scene and you want a little extra space, you could pull mm-hmm. it out, but you typically don't want your frame to be wider than from your belly button up. Gotcha. Because they want to be able to see the connection and the emotion in the eyes. 
Yes. You know, so if you take away their ability to really focus in on your eyes and whether or not you're telling the truth, you know, doing a good job acting, mm-hmm. then, you know, then you're going to make it more difficult for the casting director. Well, I really appreciate your suggestions and tips and techniques because I figured there might be some folks out there, Nicole, that maybe just aren't aware of that. So obviously there yeah. are people listening that know how to do all of these things, I'm sure very well, but I wanted to keep in mind maybe people who are starting out in acting or maybe are just getting themselves going and they just weren't sure. So thank you. That was very helpful. Oh yeah, you're welcome. A really great hashtag to follow right now to find opportunities is casting crushes Corona hashtag casting crushes Corona. And you can use that for Instagram and Twitter to find these self-tape challenges and other helpful things for actors. Very nice. And the website for finding readers is called We Audition. It's a new platform. It's really easy to use. I really like it. And it's only $10 a month if you want premium. That's very reasonable. Yeah, and actors can earn money as a reader on there. So that's like another source of hey, income. Hey, there also. you go. <laughs> yeah. It works both ways. Pretty cool. We're helping each other. That's what I really like about exactly. it. Exactly. And just to reiterate, these are not all things that I've just made up or, you know, come up with on my own. I've been, I've been attending a lot of these SAG um I've been attending a lot of these SAG at-home conversations through the SAG Foundation. You know, this also comes from talking with friends, from just listening to all the Facebook Lives. I'm kind of gathering this general consensus about this is the way that we want the self-tapes, and this is the way that we want the mm-hmm. reader, and this is the way that we want you to, to frame and everything. But it's, uh, it's super important with any audition and any challenge to make sure that you're reading the instructions. Because casting is always very specific about what what they want. That's an excellent uh, point to bring up because if you start going into Mm -hmm. left field too far, that can work against you. Exactly. Like you want to take chances. They're always saying take risks. Yes. But when it comes to the formatting and everything, you want to look as competitive as possible. And the entire point is to make it look like you went to the casting office. That's an excellent way of putting it, that you, like you are yeah. in their office at this moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that'll because get you then, going right there. Exactly. Then they can submit you to the client, to the producers, to the writers, to the network, and they, they know that this tape looks like they were in my office. It looks like I physically see, saw them. It looks like I physically saw them. So it, it just... Overall, is more professional for you. It's more professional for them. And it just will only benefit you. If you have your entire setup done, and then you don't have to worry about anything except for acting, all you can do is your best, right? Notice That's that. right. Now, Nicole, what about, and again, I'm trying to think from someone's point of view that maybe hasn't done this yet, or uh, 
you know what? Even experienced folks might not be sure about this if they're used to going into offices all the time. You know what I mean? You could actually have mm-hmm. a lot of experience, and this is like a whole new planet for them. So what about outfits? Is it pretty much the same perspective as, as if you were going to their office? Do you want to try to dress the part, or do you think that's distracting? Or any suggestions on how your attire when you're uh, recording an audition? Well, typically I like to try to dress in a way that makes me feel in character. However, when it comes to certain roles, it can be distracting. For mm-hmm. example, I did a uh, I did an audition challenge for Blue Stein Kennedy, and in their instructions on one of the scenes, it said to please not wear a specific uniform. Do not wear a police uniform, do not wear a military uniform, but rather wear, you know, structured shirts in these colors. And their reasoning was like, if you got it from a costume shop, it's going to look super cheese, <laughs> you know, yes. like just, and, and people will, will go all out like that. Like, oh, I had, you know, I have a full camo getup because I bought it for Halloween and it's super legit. But on camera, it's just like, uh, my eyeballs are bleeding. Can you please? like tone it down. (laughs) So it really depends on the situation. You don't want to go too over the top. You want to keep it simple. No busy, busy patterns. Um, Mm -hmm. You want to just keep it clean, simple, avoid white because white just makes you white and red will make your color all funky on your camera. It's not that it makes you look fat or it makes you look aggressive. It just, it will <laughs> screw with the balance, huh. like the color balance and the temperature White and balance. red. Okay. Mm-hmm. And neon colors. Don't wear them. Don't wear neon colors. Now, what about gentlemen? Don't wear neon. What about people like me? Um, a nice, you know, shirt, dress shirt, so to speak, or that type of shirt? Or, I mean, is it okay to do the t-shirt route? I mean, I guess it really depends on what you're comfortable with, what image you have. Um, I always mm-hmm. tend to err on the side of, being professional, not stuffy, but, you know, professional. But any thoughts on that as far as men? It really depends on the character. And as far as professional goes, the rule is make sure you don't have a wrinkly shirt. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're playing somebody who works in a, in a shop fixing cars, you're not going to wear a button down. And even a t-shirt might look too structured. It might mm-hmm. be like a wife beater tank top, in which case, okay, maybe the white rule is going to be bent. You know, it's just, it's really on a case-to-case basis. Use your judgment and wear what you think looks best on camera. That's another thing that's like so great about self-tape challenges right now. Is you really get to practice what looks good on you on camera. That's very true. Very true. Yeah. Something that looks great on me in person. Like, I love high neck tank tops. Looks weird on camera. <laughs> so weird. But that's on me. That's just how I feel about it. And I mm-hmm. don't like the look of it compared to something a little bit more traditional. Got it. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Well, these are excellent suggestions. I really appreciate it. Thanks. I'm happy to help. It's. It's always changing and it's always, you know, they're getting more specific or they're getting more relaxed. That's why it's so important to stay connected, you know, in, in what the industry is, is 
changing and what the standards are becoming, especially the easiest way to do that is, is through social media, uh, through Instagram, through Twitter, through Facebook even, and then also um, by staying sharp on industry publications, backstage, and and other ones like that. So it's it's important right now. And it's overwhelming. And have you noticed an increase in um, communicating with like your friends, Nicole, who are, uh, I'm going to go with the artistic friends mm-hmm. that you have, other actors or maybe writers, directors. I know you know a lot of, of them, of course. Are you noticing an increase in folks really wanting to do more FaceTime or more Zooming or just kind of connect with another person that way? Or are you still dealing with people like just over the phone or texting? I'm definitely a phone and FaceTime person, but I have friends who are Zooming, a lot of Zoom happy hours. I had a girlfriend (laughs) who had a Zoom dance party for her birthday, and she had one one guy DJing on uh, some, like, website that everybody could connect to, and then they were all Zooming each other and just dancing with her on her birthday. So yeah, my friends are are doing oh. some cool creative things via uh, <laughs> Sounds via fun. Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. I zoomed with my eighty one year old grandma. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to do. So she figured it out. It's awesome. <laughs> now I noticed on your Instagram page, on your stories, I like to see a lot of your stories, Nicole. Thanks. Kind of lets me know what you're up to, and they're very creative. A lot of them are creative, and and I'm very enjoyable. But uh, I noticed there was like some sort of was there a table read that you were a part of? There was a whole bunch of people. Yeah, looked like the, you guys were all zooming together, and I just wanted to ask you what that was all about. Thank you for bringing that up, Stephen. Uh, my friend Joe Gonzalez Most welcome. Uh, has a production company called Ugly Brown Chair Productions, and he he. Uh, cast me in my first short film when I got to LA and it was called death to Cupid and it went to Comic-Con. And so Joe is hilarious and he's, his scripts are super well-written. I love the language and they're always like super nerdy too, which is endearing and, and so much fun. Um, so he sent me an email when like quarantine first started and he said, I want to, I want to do a table read. Would you like to participate? And of course I'm like, you know what? I want to do anything creative to support my friends right now. So he sent a script out and he got a, a bunch of hilarious actors together on zoom. And we did our first live table read. It was a script called help wanted uh, that him and Bradford Smith wrote. And we, zoomed it and then we live broadcasted it on facebook and it was so much fun that joe came back and was like well what should we do next and i remembered a script that he had written a few years back that i've kind of never gotten over and it was called love and parsecs and it it was a it's a star wars super fan story uh a guy Mm -hmm. realizes that his girlfriend has never seen the star wars movies and he kicks her out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's the story of what will this That's couple... very extreme. Yeah, it is extreme. <laughs> but I think there there are a lot of Star Wars fans that if you say if you give them that 
synopsis of the film, they'll be like, oh, yeah, like I, I would react in that way, too. How could you not see Star Wars? Are you living under a <laughs> I rock? have no doubt about that. Yeah, so it's a hilarious story about what the couple goes through to stay together. It's, you know, will she compromise? Will he compromise? And then it kind of all culminates in this weird what the heck, uh, you know, party that he ends up throwing by accident and somebody ends up dead. And it's super weird, but it is a hilarious comedy. And that one was extra fun because we live broadcasted it on May 4th. May the fourth be with you. And, um, and it was benefiting feeding America. So that was great because we had very nice. Yeah. We had people show up and then, you know, also donate. And it was the day before giving Tuesday and, um, it's still up there. So if you're curious to see what a live table read looks like, uh, broadcasted on Facebook, you could go look at it. So if you are a writer and you have a script and you want to table read it and you feel like you can't get anywhere right now, this is an excellent time to get your friends together and hear your work out loud. And have some fun. And have some fun. <laughs> we all need some fun right now, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Wow. I, I wish I wouldn't have missed that. I would have enjoyed that, Nicole. Well, like I said, it's still up. It's still available. You can... You know, listen to the beginning of the movie. You can listen to the end of the movie. It's it's crazy. It's it was so much fun. I was dying laughing the whole time. Thank <laughs> goodness I was on mute on all the times I didn't have lines because I was. <laughs> I, and it was yeah, I bet. It's also awesome to see because when you're zooming, you can see everybody's faces and you can see all of their reactions. So you kind of get this. You get more than just a voice. You get a face with the voice. You get a reaction with the voice. You know. So um, I really love doing it that way. And I got to sit on my own couch and do it instead of going somewhere. Yes, that's fun, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some people have drinks. Well, you know, that's right. You can have some drinks. You can, <laughs> yeah. you can have uh, relaxing clothes on or just any number. Of things. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, during this time, I'm looking forward to doing some more live presentations. Mm-hmm. Um both um, in audio, but I'm also talking about video because with all of this going on, it just made me realize that's another way I can expand. Yeah. And um, so let me just ask you now, Nicole, because I feel comfortable in doing so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have such great insight. So I'm in my home office and I'm doing a live interview, just having, and again, Nothing too uptight, just something enjoyable. And I, I notice a lot of people are just, you know, on their couch or maybe at a desk, and that's fine. Well, what kind of background do you think would be appealing for me? Anything in particular or just uh, keep it uh, comfy and cozy? Well, you know, you can do custom backgrounds. Well, I guess you can't do that for live. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of feel like, you could keep it comfier and cozy, or you can gotcha. get a pop-up background like what I got. It really—it's mm-hmm. up to you. It's whatever you feel like. Let's I, all I, explore and see yeah, how it goes. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I wanted to get your input, though. Are you aware that Spotify is going to start hosting video for their podcast platform? I have not heard this, so please share the details with me. Yes, they want to take away video from YouTube and have exclusive podcast footage on their platform. 
So they're wow. encouraging and promoting their new podcast platform to be live with video. Interesting. I had heard yeah. that they were up to something. I must have been, maybe I, I caught a headline or something. Like Spotify might have something mm-hmm. in, new in the works, but I didn't really realize it was what you brought up. So I want to thank you for that. I'll certainly look into that. Yeah, definitely look into that. That's going to be, I mean, podcasts are going to become such a big thing. If you've got something to say, you know, start a podcast. There, there you go. The time. <laughs> and let me tell you, I mean, this is an example. You're sharing so much about a situation we're all dealing with in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And you're also uh, providing valuable suggestions and encouragement for those in the industry. And and you have achieved all of my goals today. Thank you. Oh, I, I didn't even tell you about what I did yesterday. I haven't even brought this up. I shot my own audition for a commercial. I uh, ah. I recently attended a live Zoom with a commercial casting director who suggested that the near future of commercials might be us filming our, ourselves, having the ability to film ourselves oh. in our own location. Wow. So oh with the capabilities of phones right now, for example, with my iPhone, I could shoot in 4K, you know, which 4K yeah. can go up on yeah. a movie screen. Um with our abilities to yeah. 4K and then also having tripods and stabilizers and everything that are fairly easy to access. A lot of actors have their own lighting setups. Uh, it looks like, uh, and I've gotten several casting requests on this already, where you shoot your own scenes and you show them you using products or whatever in your, your own home, right outside your home, and oh, maybe wow. using a person that you're quarantining with given that they have any kind of filming experience. And then if you book it, they get paid and you get paid. Um, So that's something that's happening right now. See, it's, we are going through a change. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I I mean, I hope we will all be changed as, as people, but yes, um, just think of what you just mentioned, Nicole. It's uh, has my mind just running wild because uh, you know, now is a time um, to really uh, get excited about new possibilities and and new opportunities. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that is very exciting, and and I I really thank you for sharing all of that. Uh, what how is the morale right now in Los Angeles and Hollywood in the film industry? I, I mean, now that things are starting to open up across the country bit by bit, is is there renewed optimism? Is are you picking up on any vibes uh, by chance? I haven't picked up on any excitement. <laughs> That's for sure. Gotcha. I know everybody's eager to get to work, but mostly, unfortunately, what I'm picking up on is fear. Fear of the future. Um, yeah. Fear of what the future is going to look like in terms of jobs. Because when an actor get, books a job, you know, there are agents that are relying on that income. There are managers that are relying on that income. There are other people that are yes. involved. So, so many of this elements of a booking, so many elements of the shooting, uh, anything is going to be affected. And a lot of people are having a hard time staying positive, I think, about what that's going to look like. I think there's a lot of panic and a lot of fear. But with that being said... Well, that's said, very understandable. Yeah, I think it's important for us all to 
I'm, I'm a serial optimist. So this is just the way I choose to live my life hmm. is, is okay, this is happening. What are we going to do about it? Cause you know, you can time to, to freak out and everything. I'm not saying that don't do that. You know, if you need to do that, do that. But then you have to get to a point where you say, now, what do we do? What can be done? What is my part in this? So in that way, you have to have some kind of positivity and, and hope in that you will have some control over it, um, which is why I felt so compelled to kind of share, like, these are all the things that you could be doing during quarantine to stay sharp and stay creative. Um, but I, yeah, I think a lot of people are really scared right now, and I just encourage them to yes. kind of do what I'm doing and take it one day at a time and look at what you can do. Look at, you know, anybody who is afraid just let them know everything's going to be okay and if this is the if this is the industry that you love then we're all going to find a way to make it happen and you just it's going to be hard it's going to be really hard and it's going to change all the time and you just have to know that be prepared for it and be patient with it that was absolutely beautiful thank you nicole is there anything else you would like to add at this time? Uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram at the Nikki B. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We have to mention that. Yeah, and um, also I had I had another movie come out after Groupers. It's called A Walk with Grace. For all of my friends who are into Christian, uplifting, wholesome family films, that's a great one to check out. Um, and then I also had a supporting role in another film that's really artsy, and it's one of my favorites right now. It's called I Wrote This For You. If you're a fan of slam poetry at all, or you like really artsy uh, independent film, definitely check it out. This is this, the team that put this on. Um, it was their first film, and I believe they wrote it and got it produced all in under two months. So they wrote the whole script. They wow. got it funded, cast it, and were on set within months. Oh. Yeah, awesome. really impressive. They, they went to, a, I think they all went to Chapman University together, and they, they just did a, a knockout job. It's a beautiful movie, great plot, very fun to watch. Um, yeah, so I suggest that one. Um, all these are available on Amazon. And don't forget to watch Groupers if you haven't already. <laughs> That's right. And you can learn more about Groupers with my first conversation uh, with Nicole. That's right. Don't forget mm -hmm. to watch Groupers. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I, have, I have to add, Nicole, that you had me thinking about, you know, your optimism, but also acknowledging that this is difficult. But, hey, you're also holding on to optimism and I would just like to add at this time, at the conclusion, for any artists or artistic people out there listening, just remember that during times of great adversity and hardship, often it is the artists who help lift the spirits of others. Absolutely. Well, that just got me all teary-eyed, just so you know. Well, <laughs> Nicole, you really brightened up my day visiting me today and, and sharing all that you did. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate you having me back. It means a lot. Send host Stephen Brittingham your comments and questions to Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. 
That is hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon. Mm-hmm.